Welcome to the BJA Education Podcasts. My name is Pooja Shah and I am joined today by Dr. Gianpaolo Martinelli, a consultant cardiothoracic anaesthetist and an intensivist at St. Bartholomew's Hospital, London. Dr. Martinelli's main interest in medicine is point-of-care ultrasound and specifically lung ultrasound. Welcome, Dr. Martinelli. Thank you, Pooja, for your kind invitation. Now, you've been very involved in lung ultrasound in the COVID patient, and as part of our COVID-19 series at the BJ Education, I think it's quite important to try and understand where lung ultrasound has come from, what part it plays in the management of these patients, and how we as clinicians can improve our use of it. To begin with, why do you think lung ultrasound has become such an important tool in the diagnosis of the COVID-19 lung? So lung ultrasound has been now uh, utilized more and more in intensive care to answer some of the questions that were normally answered by the chest x-ray. And uh, as we know, the chest x-ray is not very sensitive to respond to some of the questions that we ask normally. So when, uh, when we do point-of-care ultrasound, most of the time uh, we have uh, to answer a binary question and rule in or rule out. And uh, uh, with the normal kind of uh, uh, lung ultrasound world round, uh, what we can answer is uh, often I go to intensive care and they say, have I got pneumothorax? Yes or not. Have I got an interstitial disorder? Yes or not. Have I got a consolidation? Yes or not. Have I got pleural effusion? Yes or not. And then I can move forward, and then if I need to investigate further, I can ask uh, further investigation or, or I can deepen up or what I need to uh, to know. So the, for the COVID, basically, it is the same thing. So people uh, had started to, to see how it could be utilized, especially on the front line. In the A&E, uh, people uh, were going there with, uh, with uh, respiratory distress. And then uh, the clinician started to use the lung ultrasound. Then they noticed that uh, it almost reflected what the CT scan was uh, saying. And as we know, the CT scan is very sensitive, probably less specific for COVID. But uh, if you can see an interstitial pneumonia with the CT scan, you can see it. And amazingly, you can see it also with, uh, with the lung ultrasound. So what are the, the hallmark uh, identifiers of the COVID? There are basically three things, three signs. You can see uh, irregularity of the pleura. You can see subpleural consolidation. And you can see beeline, which are uh, artifacts that appear like a rocket sign, coalesce most of the time, and they move together with the pleura, or sometimes they appear just below the subpleural uh, consolidation. The COVID is very patchy. So you can see area of normal lung, and then you can see areas of terrible lung. And uh, it, can, uh, it can happen all over, although the pleura is very much involved. So if we were talking about sensitivity of lung ultrasound towards the sensitivity of CT scan, it is very sensitive, the lung ultrasound, but if you have got an interstitial problem inside the lung that doesn't, is not connected with the pleura, you cannot see it. So the CT scan becomes more sensitive on that respect. However, the lung ultrasound is now utilized as a, as a tool for diagnosis in old A&E in, uh, in Europe, especially in Italy, is the, uh, the first tool. And in some circumstances, uh, they are, uh, there are some pilot projects where they diagnose the lung ultrasound uh, even in the community. As a diagnostic tool, it's very powerful. 
and it could be utilized not only on the front line in A&E, but there are some experiment or community that they are benefit of phalange ultrasound because the doctors go there with the, with the car and the nurses, and then they identify areas of affected lung, which is definitely more sensitive than the swab, which we know that if we are lucky, the swab is 70% sensitive. So that is a diagnostic tool. And then how can you progress on it? Obviously, if you have got several areas of the lung that are affected, the patient has got low saturation, even if he's not swabbed, you can consider the hospitalization of a patient in case you're doing something in the community. Or, or at least you can diagnose it and then you rule in or rule out. If, uh, if you have got a desaturation, it's very unlikely or probably never happens to see uh, a normal lung. It is not uh, true the contrary. So sometimes you can have a lesion on the lung even if your saturation is normal. So that means you can have early phase of the disease that could be detected very early. Once you diagnose the pathology with the signs that we have said, so irregularity of the pleura, subpleural consolidation, and B-line, you can also uh, decide how severe is that disease. So from what you're suggesting, in a resource-finite environment, this is actually quite an important tool because it means that we might be able to use this to go out and identify patients at risk rather than waiting for those patients to deteriorate to the point of needing intensive care. I believe so. If we had the manpower, uh, it would be very good if we could go in the community and, uh, and help the diagnosis of the patient. From a logistics point of view, can you discuss a bit more about which probe to use, what frequencies, and any sort of other basic advice that you'd be able to disseminate on this podcast? You can use any kind of machine, more sophisticated, less sophisticated, doesn't matter. The probe that I would suggest is the convex probe because uh, it has got uh, a good penetration and uh, a good possibility uh, to see a bit further down on the on the pleura. So uh, a good relationship between frequency and uh, wavelength. If then you want to explore more specifically an area of the pleura, you can also use a, a linear probe that has got a high frequency. But my recommendation is uh, to try to utilize uh, the convex uh, probe and then uh, try to focus on the pleural line if you can and start to scan areas of the lung. So where to scan? For COVID specifically, we recommend to scan at least six areas of the lung. So anterior, lateral and posterior, and anterior, upper and, uh, and lower, lateral, upper and lower, and the posterior, upper and lower. That could be done in intensive care, also uh, helped by somebody, because as we know, the patients are very difficult, we need to be fully equipped, and we need to make sure that uh, we are fully protected when we do that. Why I, I say six areas? Because the COVID often appears in the posterior side of, uh, of the lung. And because it is a patchy disease, if we monitor only two or three areas, we can miss it. However, my recommendation is do not reduce the, the areas where we investigate the COVID because you can miss it, you can underestimate the severity of the disease. 
The reason why I say that is because if uh, if you look at the recommendation of the FUSIC, uh, which is uh, the recommendation from the Intensive Care Society, they say that you can scan three areas, uh, which is the anterior, lateral and uh, posterior, but uh, I don't think it is enough because that kind of uh, tool uh, with only three, three areas investigated has been validated for different kind of pathology. For example, uh, consolidation, pleural effusion, interstitial disorder that might be uh, okay with only three area scan, but uh, it's not enough for uh, COVID. So when you do a normal lung, you put your probe longitudinally, let's say on the anterior side of um, the, the right lung, and then you will see what is the famous uh, butt sign, quite ironically, and uh, uh, you can see two ribs, and in between you see the pleura, and the pleura moves between the ribs. So if you have got uh, a COVID in there, or if you start to have uh, a, an initial uh, COVID affecting also the pleura in that area, you can see that the pleura doesn't appear like a line, or at least the pleural line doesn't appear like a, like a white line, but it appears like a, a white line with lots of irregularity, lots of little black dots there, and sometimes it could be even bigger than up to one centimeter or even more. And uh, that means that there are lots of little subpleural consolidations where the inflammation uh, is, uh, is happening. So the more the disease progress towards severity, the more you see this consolidation becoming bigger and the other areas are affected in the same time. So some of the consolidation of this small irregularity could remain the same, or some others could evolve in the subpleural consolidation. Now, at the same time, because it is an interstitial disorder, one of the main features of the interstitial disorder, even in pulmonary edema of, of ARDS, is the presence of uh, rocket sign artifacts. They are, they are laser-like uh, uh, artifacts that they move together with the pleura. And that is the result of the difference of the density between two interfaces. And uh, in COVID specifically, you can see scatter B-lines, or you can see coalescent uh, beeline appearing uh, in one of the territory that has been uh, scanned. Obviously, from a podcast like this, it's going to be difficult to visualize exactly what you are saying. Is there any specific um, video or any specific resource that you think is important to learn about? So I know you've already mentioned FUSE. Yeah. So the Intensive Care Society has got uh, documents where they can be accessed. Uh, also, there is a nice, uh, a nice article from uh, Ashley Miller that was published in the British Journal of Anesthesia about uh, uh, lung ultrasound in general, if people are not familiar with the technique. But uh, uh, recently, I've been uh, supporting with a group of people that uh, I work with is, um, is a free, free website, which is called www.openloose.com or www.openlus.com and here uh, you can see lots of videos about uh, all the lung ultrasound and then there is a, a part of it which is lung ultrasound in COVID, which explain uh, really well and uh, in a simple way what uh, we are expecting uh, or what we expect to see. Finally, a lot of our learning, I think, about lung ultrasound in COVID-19 has come from Italy and China, given their vast experience. How do you feel that we can use this information to enhance the care that we provide to our patients? 
So the lung ultrasound could be utilized for diagnosis, for monitoring, and perhaps also for prognosis. So diagnosis, we know that probably is very easy and, uh, and is sensitive enough. Monitoring, what does it mean? So if you've got uh, a patient in intensive care and you've got uh, a COVID, you monitor how the COVID progresses. So you can see evolution of the disease in terms of uh, perhaps the disease becomes more severe and other area of the lung become affected. Or you can see the other way around, the disease becomes less, uh, less present. But also monitoring what you are doing with the patient. At the moment, uh, we do organ support with ventilation. And as we know, we have to use a high PEEP sometimes or not a high PEEP. So you can see areas of the lung, for example, with consolidation or beeline, uh, that they move away or expand while you are titrating the PEEP with the, your lung ultrasound. So this is a very important uh, uh, monitoring of, uh, of the treatment. At the same time, I know that the treatment is very limited at the moment, but there are, uh, in, in Italy, for example, they are now started to use uh, very heavily steroids. And uh, some people say the steroids uh, are extremely beneficial and they see disappearing lesion uh, uh, even with the lung ultrasound. So monitoring of the therapy of treatment. And then uh, prognosis. Uh, that is something that we cannot know at the moment. Obviously, the more uh, people will scan, the more uh, we'll see if the severity of the areas involved uh, or affected by the COVID could uh, potentially tell us something about the prognosis. So the more areas are affected, the less the patient is, uh, is able to uh, recover. But I think this is uh, too, early, uh, too early to say. We haven't got data. One of the things that I've been wondering about is... With COVID-19, we have already started stratifying our patients into mild, moderate and severe disease. With the same way, is it possible to use lung ultrasound to also devise a scoring tool to divide these patients into mild, moderate and severe? This is a very interesting question. I think that, uh, as uh, we said before, for the prognosis is still early days. However, we already said that the COVID is, uh, is a disease that affects lots of areas of the lung. And then uh, one of the, the main experts of uh, B-Lines, uh, who is Italian, Luna Gargani, has taken a scoring system that uh, was uh, utilized by a French group of Boumad, used mostly to uh, monitor the treatment of people patients who were ventilated and they try to use the same kind of scoring system on the COVID and lung ultrasound. How it works? We said that we have identified six areas. So basically you've got a score between zero to three and uh, let's say you are monitoring the upper side of the right uh, lung anteriorly and uh, if you see uh, no B line, you see only A line perhaps or, or just a normal period, you, you score zero. If you start to see B lines, if there are only a few B lines, then you score one. If you see lots of B lines together with a consolidation, you score two. And then if the consolidation becomes bigger, you've got lots of collection B lines, it goes to three. And each territory has to be uh, scored accordingly to the level of, uh, of severity. So far, we don't know what it means. So does it mean that the score of uh, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 means that the patient is uh, sicker than others? 
we don't know yet. But probably with the correlation of uh, clinical patterns or uh, saturation, uh, fatigue, respiratory rate, and the severity of the scores that uh, are applied to the lung ultrasound, we could uh, make perhaps a, a, a prognosis of, of severity. The scoring system is used uh, for all the pathologies we had so far in, uh, in some uh, centers where they are advanced in terms of usage of uh, lung ultrasound in uh, patient uh, weaning, for example, from the ventilator. And they use the score when they have to identify area of consolidation or area of uh, interstitial disorder or area that have improved after the treatment that we, we do so mostly on probably ARDS or severe, severe sepsis or areas where the lung is heavily affected and they need to titrate uh, the treatment according to what they see. So this is the aeration score that has been used uh, in, uh, in these uh, centers. Another thing that probably that is slightly more complicated is uh, monitoring of the diaphragm. Because the diaphragm could also be affected. There are some uh, talk about the fact that even the neural system is affected by the COVID. And uh, I have to say that uh, all the COVID I've seen in pressure support, they've got an extremely high diaphragm. If that is related to the severity of the disease, of the, the fact that the patient is struggled to breathe, or if there is an intervention, or if the, the virus affects the neurology, I don't know. So probably the monitoring of the diaphragm could uh, help us to identify patients that they are struggling to breathe when they are on CPAP and probably monitoring also the, the function of the diaphragm when the patient is ventilated and, and, uh, and see if the patient could be weaned from the ventilation or extubated. But this is uh, slightly more complicated, especially because uh, our population is uh, obese and it is more difficult to monitor the diaphragm on uh, the specific patients. Anything else you'd like to say, Dr. Martinelli? Often, uh, when people approach a new technique, they feel intimidated or scared, and then uh, they can't be bothered because they feel that it's too much and even switching the machine on and off, it becomes a burden. My suggestion is do not feel intimidated. It's a technique that could be learned. It is a good opportunity to understand how also this uh, technique could be then saved in our brain and used later on. I would just say use it. Find somebody that is an enthusiast and use it. Start to use it and, and do it. Obviously, in the COVID uh, world, protect yourself, you know, just to make sure that you have got the full protection. Do not shortcut. It is absolutely important to be fully protected and make sure to follow the instruction, even to clean the machine, to clean the probe, because it is a very contagious disease. And even if we don't see it, it is there. I think that's been very useful for me, if not everyone else listening, Dr. Martinelli. Thank you so much for your time and uh, for imparting your knowledge. Thank you. And uh, let's go and scan somebody now. Yes, let's. <laughs>